Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the club. Today I'm doing something I've been wanting to do and plan to do more of in this podcast, and that is answer your questions. I get a lot of questions about all kinds of nutrition and health topics, and so I pulled some of these from Facebook, and these that I'm talking about today are all centered around the theme of protein. I love me a theme, y'all. If I can wrap something up into a theme and put a big old bow on top, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I pulled these different questions. They kind of all center around protein. And so let's talk about it. Here is a question from Brenda. Brenda asks, how do I get my macros right? It seems like I never get enough protein. Okay, so... For those of you who may not be familiar with what macros are, let me just do a quick overview for you. Macronutrient is basically a food classification category. So foods are classified into one of three categories, fats, carbohydrates, or proteins. Those are the macronutrients, and foods will always fit into one of those three categories. I like to say the macros are like Jesus. They are the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. No matter what diet, quote-unquote diet, you're doing, this fact remains the same, okay? The foods are going to fit into these categories. So fats are going to be foods like butter, olive oil, avocados, avocado oil, nuts and seeds, coconut. Proteins are typically your animal-based foods like beef, chicken, fish, eggs, um, pork, that kind of thing. And then pretty much everything else falls under the carbohydrate category. Everything from veggies to donuts. Those are all carbohydrates, and that's why this category can get so tricky, right? And that's the one that most of us have trouble with because, I mean, whoever wanted to overeat chicken, right? I mean, that doesn't really happen, but it's the carbs where we get into trouble. And most people don't realize that it's the excess carbohydrates in your system that turn to fat. So people just think fat comes from eating fat, but for most people, it's the excess carbs. And carbs set off insulin, which is the fat storage hormone, which keeps you storing fat and not burning it. So this is everything I teach about in Feast to Fast, um, this kind of macro stuff. Um, And actually, Feast to Fast is about to start, like right now. Like if you're listening to this in real time, it starts on May 6th. And so I urge you to join us. Um, It's the last round we're going to have until the end of summer. And so our theme, I told you I like themes, right? So (laughs) each Feast to Fast has its own different theme. And so as we go into May, 
and go into summer. This one is um, about the purpose of the body and being an excellent vessel for the Holy Spirit. So we kind of do this one as we near the season of Pentecost. So if you really want to dial things in before the summer season and keep the Lord first through it all, then come join us in Feast of Fast. It's an awesome group of people, just like you here listening. Okay, so that's the macros. Um, the goal with macronutrients is to get a nice balance of all three categories, the fats, the proteins, and the carbs. And that way you get a nice variety of vitamins and minerals, fiber, fatty acids, and amino acids. That is the key to a healthy body and metabolism. One thing I'd like to note um, is that a lot of foods are typically more than one macronutrient. So for instance, like eggs, they are both protein and fat, right? But they are mostly protein. So they are classified as a protein. So whatever the dominant macronutrient is, is what the classification will be. And that's important because what I also want to point out um, as we're kind of getting back to proteins here is that foods like beans and quinoa are often marketed as good protein foods. That's what you'll hear, but they fall under the carbohydrate category. So they are basically a carbohydrate with a little protein in them. And that's really important to note because a lot of people will go around calling beans and lentils and quinoa a protein food when they're actually carbohydrates. Um, so for example, if you're trying to get protein from say lentils, you'd have to eat one and a half cups of lentils to get the same amount of protein that you would get in like three and a half ounces of fish. Okay. And a cup and a half of lentils is about 60 grams of carbs. And that's no small carb load. I mean, just to put it in perspective, in Feast of Fast, we're keeping it around 75-ish grams of carbs on most days, 50 to 75 grams, except on our feast days. So we have more on our feast days. Um, but that, you know, that would eat up a lot of our carb load. You know, does that make sense? And this is just my personal opinion, but I mean, I really don't want to spend my carb load on lentils. I mean, if you love lentils, that's awesome. But I'd rather spend my carb load on something like potatoes or maybe one of my heck yals like tortilla um, and then get my protein more efficiently from fish or beef or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, so you have to be watching those carbs because they add up pretty quickly. Um, and that's where we can get into trouble and have those excessive carbs turning into fat, stored fat on the body. So I tell my Feast of Fasters, we have to be the boss of our carbs instead of, instead of letting them be the boss of us. And so that's what we're really doing is kind of managing that carb load. Because again, um, you know, nobody's really sitting around overeating chicken, right? Okay, so that's the general overview of the macros. Now, I get a lot of questions as to what are the perfect perfect macro ratios to shoot for. And honestly, this is going to vary by person. You know, if you have a lot of blood sugar dysregulation, which I come across a lot in my nutrition practice, um, you're going to need more fat and less carbs um, to kind of get back in balance. I'd say around 50 to 70% of fat and keeping carbs at around 20%. Um, but if your health and weight are in a good place and you're just kind of in maintain mode, 
you might shoot for more evenly based macros, like maybe 40% fat, 30% carbs, 30% protein, something like that. Um, so it kind of depends what your goals are, how active you are, um, and just kind of what you got going on. Also, what will your body tolerate? Um, I've run into a lot of people who can't tolerate um, certain foods. And so there's just a lot to play with there. Um, in Feast to Fast, we're typically looking at um, higher fat and lower carb, not too low carb, not like keto, um, but just kind of at a lower carb range on most days. Um, and then a few days a week, we'll do our feast days and we'll do higher carbs. And so we go into a lot of that. Now, Brenda was asking about protein because she feels like she doesn't get enough protein. And this is common for a lot of women. We get less than we think. There is a really great blog post um, written by a fellow nutritional therapist that goes deep into this and why we need more protein than we think we do. Um, and I'm going to link to that article in the show notes. Um, that is Diana Rogers over at sustainabledish.com. Um, and she talks a lot about protein ranges um, and just protein in women. So I'm going to link to that. Um, I consider protein kind of my steady macro. Fats and carbs are the ones that we play around with more because those are the macronutrients that your body likes to use as energy, right? So your body will use carbohydrates, which turn to sugar, um, carbohydrates as energy or fat as energy. And you know, my stance in what I teach in Feast to Fast is we want to be metabolically flexible so that the body can use both of those forms of energy really efficiently. Um, but the key is not having both of those high at once, right? Because if you're getting too many carbs, too many fats at one time, then you're overwhelming your body with energy. Some people want to call it calories, but you know how I feel about that. So um, you're just overwhelming your body with energy, right? And so your body has to store the excess. But protein is the macro I'm kind of always basing my meals around. Like I, I kind of build my plate around what my protein is going to be and go from there. Um, and I use, I do that the same with my, in my kids' lunches. When we're packing lunches, like I'm always, what's the protein going to be? Like to me, that's kind of, that's the crutch. That's the most important thing. And it's what I tell my kids to eat first um, because protein is so important for their growing bodies and brains. Plus protein is just the most satiating of the macros, meaning it's the one that is going to make you feel most full and satisfied. So you want to keep protein at around 20 to 30%, maybe even 35%, kind of depends, um, again, what your goals are, body type, male, female. Um, now, I know I'm throwing a lot of ratios around at you, <laughs> um, and that can be um, kind of fusing, confusing, but that's kind of how people talk about macros. You know, we talk about all these ratios and you're not really going to know exactly what those ratios are unless you're tracking your macros through an app like MyFitnessPal. Now, I will do that every once in a while just to kind of check in with myself, but I don't do that on a daily basis. Um, a lot of people do and they find it really helpful. I'm just not a numbers person like that, as you probably well know by now. Um, but a lot of people will also weigh their protein on a daily basis, and you could do that too to make sure you're getting enough. Um, if I had to put a number on it, I guess I'd say about 75 to 100 grams of protein on a regular basis um, is a good goal. 
Now, of course, there will be days that that may be lower and that's okay. Um, you know, some days you might skip protein and that's fine too. Um, we just did a three-day plant-based liver detox in the Christian Health Club group and it went really well. But I have to tell you, I was missing my protein. I felt like I was always still hungry. Um, I'm like, this meal is missing something and it's protein. Um, but you know, it was a nice break and, um, a nice break from animal foods there. Um, but you know, I was thinking about it when we were doing that and I was really appreciating the fact that God gave us animal sources of food to eat. Um, because that's really where we get our best proteins. But did you know that we really didn't get the green light to eat animal animal foods until um, the time of Noah's Ark. So, you know, in the beginning, when God created the earth, he made the plants and animals. But he tells us in Genesis 129 that we have plants for food. And obviously, Adam and Eve lived in the Garden of Eden. Um, and so we don't get the go ahead to eat animal foods until after Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden and sentenced to work the land for food. And it wasn't going to be easy. So remember when that happened, um, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden and, you know, God basically told Adam, you're going to have a hard time working for your food and um, Eve, you're going to have painful, you know, having babies is going to be painful. But listen to what God said um, to Adam. He said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Then cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Whoa, it's kind of harsh. So they went from like easy street to grapes of wrath in like a nanosecond. Um, I kind of think of it like <laughs> leaving an all-inclusive vacation and then having to go back home and that reality of cooking all your meals again hits you. It's like, womp, womp, you know, such a drag. But, but God is always generous and merciful. So fast forward to flood time. And after the flood, when God is making the new covenant with Noah, um, you know, remember when he says, um, you know, I know I'm not going to wipe out the earth again with a big flood like this. And then um, he makes the rainbow the sign of this promise um, and this new covenant with Noah. Um, it's at around that time um, in Genesis 9-3, he says, every moving thing that lives shall be meat for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. So, I mean, it's on meat lovers, right? That's when we get the meat. Um, there are different speculations as to why God did this, including the fact that maybe it was because, you know, all the vegetation had just been wiped out due to the flood. But I like to think of it as kind of being a part of this spirit of generosity um, of this new covenant that God um, made with Noah and with the people um, and that God gave man animal sources of food as a gift. You know, after years of being sentenced to work the cursed land in order to eat, God lifts this burden 
by offering just quicker, easier access to this really nutrient-dense um, food, you know, and delicious food. Can you imagine the relief um, of the people, you know, um, now that God gives us this gift of less toil and just this broader range of foods? It just like opens up a whole new world. Um, so y'all, it makes me think of when I'm at the ranch, you know, we'll be at the ranch and we'll be kind of out in the pasture and um, my husband likes to hunt for arrowheads. And when we find an arrowhead um, left by a Native American, we'll find them and, you know, some date back thousands of years. And it just, gosh, man, it just makes my brain just start turning. I'm just like picturing what it would have been like to live there at that time. You know, I'm looking around the pasture like, what did they eat? Um, if y'all have never been to West Texas, I mean, it can kind of be slim pickings out in there, <laughs> you know, especially in the winter, which is true of all places you know, when the ground is frozen and things aren't growing, I mean, what in the world would they have eaten if they didn't have the wild deer and turkey running around? You know, what a blessing to be able to harvest an animal. I mean, it just goes such a long way in feeding a family. And, you know, the Native Americans, they went for the organ meats. We eat the muscle meat in modern society. That's mostly what we're eating a lot of. Um, and we turn our nose up at the heart and liver and stuff like that. But those are exactly what Native people went for because they knew it was the most nutrient dense. And if you wanted strong warriors and healthy pregnant women, that's what you ate. Um, and they would often eat it on site, like raw, like straight from the harvested animal. Um, so that's a good little mental picture for you. But um, <laughs> But anyway, I just love that perspective, that being at the ranch. Um, gives me, it just kind of grounds me and just, you know, helps me put into focus my godly compass. Um, okay. Whoa. Sorry. I just kind of side, sidebarred hard right there. Um, sorry, Brenda. Okay. Getting back to your question. <laughs> I hope some of that answers some of your question, but just to kind of wrap up this answer, um, I'll tell you that I get a variety of proteins, which I think is a great thing to do. I eat a lot of eggs, beef, tuna, salmon, chicken, and collagen. Um, Something that I need to point out is that when we're talking about protein sources from animals, we want to make sure that we are getting um, getting that from animals that have been treated well and also eaten their God-given real food diets, right? Because you are what you eat, but you are also what you eat eats, right? And so we want those animals to be eating... Um, what they were intended to eat so that they can pass on those nutrients to us. Unfortunately, it's not the case with most conventional meats that you find at the grocery store. Um, you know, animals are being fed things like genetically modified corn and soy, um, and they're not meant to eat that. You know, it messes up their system, and so it, it um, makes them more susceptible to illness and a need for more medicines like antibiotics. And then you've just kind of got this unhealthy meat product that can, um, you know, be the end result. And so you really have to read labels and look for terms like 100% grass fed or finished um, or pastured or wild caught. And um, those, those labels would indicate that the animals were, you know, and nature eating what God intended, what God put in nature for them to eat. 
Um, you know, I don't do a lot of protein powder, but I do use collagen, which is protein. Um, and it's so easy just to stir into your coffee every morning for an added protein boost. So maybe that's an option for you, Brenda, if you're not already doing that. And this leads me right into my next question, which comes from Katie. And Katie asks, other than coffee, what does collagen go well in? Okay, so for those of you who are not already on the collagen train, choo-choo, let me give you the scoop about it and why you should be. Um, collagen is something that is already supposed to be found in your body, okay? It's actually the most abundant protein in the body, or it's supposed to be, but we lose it as we age, as we do with so many things, right? Not the truth. Um, but collagen is important for a lot of reasons, like keeping our skin, hair, and nails strong and looking good. Um, collagen is just a really good inside-out beauty supplement. It's like nature's Botox, okay? Collagen is also good for joints. I had one lady go off of arthritis medications once she started using collagen regularly. It is super, super helpful for that. I've had lots of good feedback from people saying it helps um, joint pain. It's also good for heart health. It can help prevent fatty deposits in the arterial wall. Um, and it acts as a balm for your gut lining. So, so many people have leaky gut issues and that collagen just really helps, um, can help heal that intestinal lining. So it's good for that, um, good for that as well. So um, you're probably already on Amazon as we speak, ordering it, right? Like do, 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 get it here immediately. Um, I'm with you. Um, I use vital proteins, but I've also used Great Lakes in Bulletproof Collagen as well. Um, and I'll link to all of this in the show notes. Um, just know that you can always find references to products and books and podcasts and articles and whatever I'm talking about. We'll put the link in the show notes um, on my website. So it's just like a blog post. You go under podcast and find that one and it'll all be right there and you can just click away and find all these resources. So um, collagen is tasteless, tasteless. So you can just stir a scoop right into your coffee and not even taste it. But Katie is asking what else um, she could use it in. You could stir it into any warm drink, Katie. I guess you're not a coffee drinker, but maybe you drink warm water with lemon or maybe you drink herbal tea. Um, it would be good in that. But then you can also do it in smoothies. Um, and I will do that sometimes. Just throw it in my smoothie and it blends up well in there. Um, I always stir it in oatmeal when I'm making oatmeal for my family. You know, oatmeal is so carby. So speaking of carbs, um, it's so carby. And so I like to add a little protein, you know, protein in there, give that a protein boost. Um, and they don't even notice. So you just, it stirs right in. I also add it to banana pancakes when I make those as well. Do y'all know about banana pancakes? So the recipe is um, on my website and we'll link to it, but it's basically one banana and two eggs and a scoop of collagen. Um, and you just multiply that, you know, like when I'm doing it for the family, I'll do like four to five bananas and so eight to 10 eggs, you know, and do it like that. Now, they're, you know, they're a little bit eggy, um, but this is a great option when you're trying to um, not, you know, have a big carby pancake, right? I mean, you could actually always add in 
almond or coconut flour to this to give it a little more fluff for your family if, if they're not digging it. Um, my kids will eat it fine. Um, but this is a great option um, when we do Feast of Fast or in the Sugar Detox Week, that first week in Feast of Fast is a Sugar Detox. But this is something that is allowed. You know, we allow fruit. Fruit is a real food the way God made it. And so that week one is all about focusing on real foods. Um, and so that is something that um, is a good option for that. Um, okay. Um, I've never tried collagen like straight up in water, but my best friend does that and she does, doesn't seem to bother her. So that's an option too. I know she downs it. So it's not like she sips it and enjoys it, but, um, she does that. So if you just want to get her down, you could do it that way as well. Okay. Last question comes from Kim and she asks, what's the best protein powder? So I get this question from a lot of people. Um, and like I said, I don't use a lot of protein powder other than collagen. Um, and collagen doesn't have a full spectrum of amino acids, but it's got several of the kind we don't get enough of, like glycine and proline and arginine. So remember earlier when I was talking about proteins and we eat a lot of the muscle meat. So we get a lot of the amino acids that come in those muscle meats, but we miss out a lot on a lot of the um the other amino acids and that collagen um, will have some of those and so it's kind of kind of nice to use that um, and just when as I go into here talking about protein powders y'all I just want you to know I don't know the quality of every protein powder on the market at the grocery store known to man you know like I I get a lot of questions though people will you know send me like is this a good protein powder is this a good protein powder um, and you know it's just it's a matter of looking at the ingredients and kind of researching the ingredients and how it's made and such and I just I honestly just don't have time to do that for every single product on the market and so what I do is um, you know stick with some brands that I know are um, higher quality and I do that with you know protein powders and supplements and foods and stuff like that so just because I don't name the one that you have doesn't necessarily mean it's not good. Um, it's not a good option. I just, um, I'm just going to share with you some of the ones that, um, that I know are, are made well. But before I do that, you know, generally speaking, when we're talking about protein powders, um, they're either going to be animal based like, um, whey, which is dairy, egg white, or bone broth protein, okay? Or they're gonna be plant-based. So usually something like hemp, pea, or rice protein. Some people tolerate one over the other better, um, but the important thing is to find just one with really clean options. There are so many, most in fact, that just have weird fillers and ingredients, and they're just, they can be so processed in a way that either degrades um, the nutrients that are in there or just makes it totally devoid of nutrients or just kind of renders the whole thing more harmful than helpful. And also labels can be really misleading. You'd be surprised how things can be worded, um, especially when, you know, those proprietary blends that are on there. Um, a lot of that can be worded to make you think that you're getting a lot of vitamins and minerals when you're really not. So, you know, all of this is worth being picky about. And if you are using animal-based protein powders like whey, egg, or bone broth, you know, again, you want to make sure that um, it comes from a quality animal source. You want it to be grass-fed or pastured or organic or something like that. 
Um, I have to tell y'all a funny story. So we recently, we had a doggy calf at the ranch, which if you don't know what a doggy calf is, it means it's a, a baby calf that was abandoned by their mama. So they're a doggy. They're on their own. Um, so my mom, my husband found this, um, this doggy out on the ranch in the pasture and like literally had to throw her over his shoulders and walk her back to the house. So we had this baby, um, for several months that we had to feed because she didn't have her mama and she couldn't eat grass yet. Um, and it, it was just like having a baby. She, you know, had to be fed a bottle twice a day. So my husband bought this whey protein mix and y'all, this powder smelled like the most delicious milkshake you've ever wanted to eat in your life. Every time I made her bottle, I wanted to lick it. It was like, uh, uh, just so delicious and thick and rich smelling. My kids were like, oh, this smells so good. Can I have some? <laughs> no, you can't. Um, but honestly, that's about the most I've used a protein powder lately. Um, like I said, I mostly use collagen. Um, but Bubbles, that's her name. She's out in the pasture now. She's doing well and eating grass like she's supposed to. We've got her past this the bottle stage, which is nice. Um, so she's so cute with her big old eyelashes. Um, anyway, okay, so on to, I wish I could recommend that one to you, but um, I wouldn't say it's super healthy. Plus, you know, I'm noticing as I'm we're feeding this calf, I'm like, all she's eating is this whey, you know, this whey protein stuff. And look how big she's getting. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, wow. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of that's muscle, but you know, she was bulking up pretty darn good. Um, okay. So one of my favorite um, protein powders comes from Calton Nutrition um, and their protein powder is called Empower. Um, they have both whey and pea, and pea protein options, and they're super clean. I love Calton Nutrition. Um, they are very, very well known for researching micronutrients, so vitamins and minerals and such. Um, I love their vitamins too. The only problem, um, and it's not even really a problem, but in our Amazon Prime culture, um, the fact that you have to order directly from the call to nutrition site and wait for shipping and maybe sometimes pay for shipping. That feels like a problem to us, right? As spoiled people. Um, so that's really the only problem with that. But, um, but that's a really super clean one. That's actually what I have in my pantry and I've had it there for a while because I really just don't use protein powder that much. Again, I'm just so in the habit of throwing collagen into either coffee or smoothie if I'm going to have that. Um, a few other good brands are Primal Kitchen bulletproof. And, um, I also like Tara's way, which you can, should be able to find at the grocery store. You know, garden of life is a grocery store brand that I like for supplements, but I have to be honest and say that their protein powders make me gassy. So, you know, that's not great. Um, <laughs> I've had actually had several other people tell me the same thing. So I did want to pass that on to you to save you that trouble. Um, I know you've heard it, me say it before, but I will remind you that um, my middle name is TMI. And so I will share all the things. So um, you're welcome on that one. I just saved you, maybe saved you a little bit of embarrassment. Um, so that is really all the questions that I had to answer for today. That's probably a good place to end right there on the gassy protein powder. 
Um, no, I, I feel like we covered a lot and um, hopefully answered some of your questions. You know, people always have um, similar questions. So I love that I have this format to um, to share that with you. You know that I can answer all your questions at once, that you have this as a resource. And um, it's just so much easier than typing it out on Facebook. I can tell you that. So um, anyway, I'd love to have more of your questions. And remember that I teach so much of this and answer a lot of these questions more directly. We focus on this in Feast of Fast. Like I said, it's starting like right now. Like if you're listening to this in real time, it's starting today or tomorrow. And so you can still get in on this round. Don't wait. It's the last one I'm doing until the end of the summer when we go back to school. Um, Feast of Fast is four weeks long. We talk about all the macros. We work on fat burning. We focus on Jesus. So, I mean, what is not to love? And plus, it's all you people right here, right now, listening all together. And we're all in one awesome group. So it's just super cool. Okay, y'all. So let me know um, how this episode was. Let's do more of these um, Q&A episodes. Just, you know, let me know questions that you have, what you'd like to hear more about, learn more about. Um, so let me know in a comment, um, a review, something like that, and I will add it to my list. In the meantime, get your protein on and have a healthy and blessed week. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.